After Leviticus, we have the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel after their families by the house of their fathers, with the number of their names, every male by their poles, from twenty years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel. He told them to list every tribe and just count the numbers of the men that were 20 years and older who were able to go to war. The numbers are just staggering. I have sort of translated this, starting at verse 21. Of the tribe of Reuben were 46 thousand five hundred of that one tribe there are twelve tribes of the children of israel but there's the half tribes of joseph so that makes it thirteen tribes because there are two tribes out of joseph simeon fifty nine thousand three hundred gad forty five thousand six hundred and fifty judah 74,600. Issachar, 54,400. Zebulun, 57,400. Ephraim, this is one of the children of Joseph. Ephraim, 40,500. Manasseh, the other brother, 32,200. Benjamin, 35,400. Dan, 62,700. Asher, 41,500. Napsali, 53,400. So how many men in the children of Israel, of the nation of Israel, were able to go to war? The total number... 603,550 were able to go to war. As they approached the lands that God was giving them, the kings would look out and see this mass of people, huge number of people, half a million people, more than half a million people. Why, they were terrified. And then not only that, after the war, they destroyed all the uh, men of the nation and sometimes the women and the children and the animals by the word of God. Other nations heard of them even before they got there. So they spread a terror as they walked from nation to nation. 
One of the examples that's quoted in the Bible many times pertains to the king of Moab who saw this vast number of Israelites camped on the other side of the boundary of his land. And he was terrified because he had heard of them. He knew of their killing of all the men and sometimes the women, children, and animals. His name was Balak. He saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Chapter 22. So he's going to try to devise a solution to stop the children of Israel. And Moab was sore afraid of the people. The whole country was afraid of them because there were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Numbers 22. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are around about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Boabites at that time. And he sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth. And right now they're over here beside me, up just across from my property. That's a paraphrase. Verse 6. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, Curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. So he has put his hope in Balaam to solve the problem by cursing the people of God. And Balaam said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What kind of men are these that you have put yourself with? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse them me, peradventure, I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, And thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam rose up in the morning and said, I can't do this. Get you to your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went back to their land and to their king 
and said, Balaam refuseth to come with us. And Balak sent yet another prince, more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto us. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. Now Balaam at that point made a big mistake. He wanted the reward. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less. Now where was the mistake? He said, But now therefore I pray you tarry ye here also this night that I might know what the Lord will say unto me more. So he's going to try to get God to approve for him to go with the king of Moab and curse the people of God. I mean, you shouldn't even tried. But there was a but to his thing that I can't go with you, but I'll see if God will let me go. For he wanted the reward of the people. Verse 20. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. So Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Now, God told him to go. How can God be angry? It's a test. At that point, Balaam should have said, No, no, I won't go. Because he knew these were the people of God. He knew they were blessed by God. God had told him. But he wanted the reward. So God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way as an adversary against him. See, you can want something so much that you will go back and ask God again, can I go, can I go, can I do this? Can I be with him? Please let me be with him. God just might turn you over to your own lust and let you go and be with him but you will not be blessed by doing it. Some people fall in the trap of saying, but I could speak the word of God to them. If you are told not to do it, you better not do it. One time God told me not to go out and have beatings anymore for the radio audience. He gave me a terrifying dream and showed me that great harm was going to come to me if I did this. And then he said to me, Don't go until you see Exodus 15. This was in a dream. 
I woke up the next morning and canceled every meeting that I had all over the United States that I had for radio audience. One of our church people came to me and said, Joan, you can't do this. If you go out, they'll give money. And if you don't go out, they won't give money. And I said, God has told me, don't go. I'm not going. And I didn't. And we lost a lot of money, but God worked it out so that we had less bills, and it worked out just fine anyway. If God tells you not to go, don't go. If you feel uncomfortable about going, and you continue to pray, and you feel uncomfortable, don't do it. Today, one of the strongest signs is if we plan to do something and we ask God and we feel uncomfortable and we still continue to feel uncomfortable, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, lives in us. He will guide you into all truth. Don't go. Cancel your plans. That's what I did. I didn't go out. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an, as an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword was drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. The ass saw the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn, but Balaam didn't even see it. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyard, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said to Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said to the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. I would that there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. 
Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. God can close our eyes where we can't see the problem. And God can open our eyes where we can see the problem. Well, God has now opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And Balaam bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me, and turned me from these three times. Unless she had turned me from thee, surely now also I would have slain thee and saved her alive. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get thee back. So many people are hard-hearted and have turned against God and withstand God because they want to go the other way for reward. God might let you go and be killed. God might let you go and be tormented in the flesh. But sometimes God has mercy upon you and sends a prophet. And that prophet has been given visions concerning your problem and his eyes have been opened and he has understanding. And he warns you against doing what you're planning on doing. Not wanting you to be destroyed. Often the people strike out against the prophet. But prophets are trained by God. And they will do the work of a prophet when they're trained by God. Back to Numbers chapter 1. So all those that were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war in Israel, even all they that were numbered were 603,550. But the Levites, after the tribes of their fathers, now the Levites were the priests. The Levites, after the tribe of their fathers, were not numbered among them. For the Lord had spoken unto Moses, saying, Only thou shalt not number the tribe of Levi, neither take the sum of them among the children of Israel. But thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of testimony and over all the vessels thereof and over all things that belong to it, 
they shall bear the tabernacle and all the vessels thereof, and they shall minister unto it, and shall encamp round about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle setteth forth, the Levite shall take it down, and when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levite shall set it up, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. Those Levites were appointed by God for the work of God. And if someone not appointed for the work of God came and tried to do it, they were struck dead. I've had so many come across my path who were not appointed by God to do the work of God, and yet they were trying to. One man, an exterminator, came here to our house, and when he realized I had books about Christian things and a Bible, he said to me, During the summer, I go out and minister to people, and I go with the prophet. And he was starting to tell me all the places he'd been to minister. I interrupted him and I said, How did God tell you to do this? He was dumbfounded. He had no answer. How did God tell you to do this? If you said that to me, here's what I would tell you. Well, after I was born again, I was transported into heaven twice merged into the body of Jesus twice with God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And when I was put on radio, how did God tell me? A dream in the night, and what I believe was an angel of the Lord, spoke three words to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. So do I have evidence that God has put me here to do this work I'm doing? I have much evidence, much more than just those things. He couldn't tell me one thing where God showed him to go out and minister. Not one thing. I read to him the following scripture. Matthew chapter 7. Start at verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22, Jesus says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. God didn't send them to do the work. Of their own desire, they went out to do these things. They're not going to be accepted. They will not stand in the day of judgment. And that man said to me, this exact same scripture was called to my attention. And then as he began to leave me, he said, 
well, have a good day. And I said, you go to hell. That silenced him and he left. Never before have I ever said that. But I said it. I think it was of God. I meant it. He was going to slough off what I had said to him. Though God had told him the same thing. I see people do that all the time. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today. And now we're going to play some really, really beautiful music for you. Frederick Chopin, Ballade Number 1. And the pianist is one of the greatest pianists that's ever lived, Vladimir Horowitz. This is the Carnegie Hall New York performance of 1965. On our music website, I probably had seven different performances by Horowitz. I heard him myself in Dallas when he was on tour back sometime in the 60s. He was at State Fair Music Hall, and it seats about 3,200 people. Horrible place to perform. These little places are often the best, with the best acoustics and the best recording equipment. So when I'm selecting for you these performances, sometimes I will have to go through portions of 10 or 11 different performances to choose one that has good recording equipment and good acoustics in the performance hall plus the excellent performer. Well, this one really has it all. Vladimir Horowitz, Carnegie Hall Performance, New York City, 1965. Chopin's Ballade Number 1. 